can't imagine what it must have been like to be there that night when the angelic hosts erupted in worship, to see the power and the glory, to see their strength, to hear the angels sing. How that must have filled the sky, filled their ears, and filled the moment to see the ones who had existed with God, known the heart of God, seen the movement of God, and now seeing this, what to them, I believe, from what the scripture says, was the unexpected Jesus showing up in this moment and to see heaven erupt with that worship. As great as that worship was, the angels were only worshiping from a spectator perspective because all they were doing was watching what God had been doing and what God was doing. And from what they were watching, they were worshiping because of what they saw. I'm convinced that as grand as the worship was that day, it is nothing compared to the sinner saved by grace who says, I not only see, I know him in here and I know what he's done for me. The worship of angels doesn't compare to the worship that comes from our hearts because we have experienced his goodness and grace. Amen? So never be ashamed to lift your voice in worship. This beautiful, wondrous, unexpected Jesus who has shown up to redeem you and me. Amen? The thing about worship is it's, it's a unique gift that we have been given as creation to be able to experience redemption, forgiveness, mercy here, and then to express that back to God, to, from the depths of who we are, erupt in joy and express that to God. There's something freeing about that. There's something wondrous and powerful and glorious about that kind of worship. In fact, that is, that is genuine worship. That is real worship. And that worship sometimes comes from the places in us that we would have least expected it. It comes from the places that we perhaps tried to hide, the places that we didn't want anyone to know about, the places that hurt desperately, the places that were so dark. It's out of those places that the greatest expressions of worship erupt from within us. So today, our message is called Worship Comes Out of the Most Unexpected Places in Our Life. And we're going to follow the story of Jesus' birth as Caleb uh, introduced us to this morning. And if you've been around Christianity any time at all, you know this story. So turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. Uh, you can follow along on screen. I hope you brought something to uh, take some notes with today. We're back at the board today to help us understand the, the, the glory and the wonder of God's word and the glory and wonder of Jesus for us this Christmas season. Luke chapter two begins with these words. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. You know, I know there are some people who, and some churches that say, well, the church shouldn't be talking about governmental issues today. Look, you can't read the Bible without coming across governmental issues all the time. 
It's there. It's here. Jesus is, and Mary and Joseph, they're all about to be affected by governmental issues. Here is Caesar Augustus, a man trying to make a name for himself, a man wanting to rule the world on his own for all the glory, all the power to be given to him. A man wanting to be Lord of all is about to, or he is issuing a decree. And the crazy thing is, all of the things that Caesar Augustus is chasing after, Jesus is going to be given in name and title. He will be Lord of all. So you can't help but deal with the fact that there are governmental issues in the Bible. And you can't help but see that what you find almost always in the scripture is the governments of man are always, almost always opposed to the government of God. It just works in contradiction to his ways. Now, we're to be a people who seek to influence the world. Even the governmental structures in our world. We should be light to them. We should be salt to them. We should be, even as the Lord allows us, be involved in that process. Because we have truth, amen? We have grace. And we ought to be the ones who are seeking to be influenced and seeking to be influencers so that we can help the kingdoms of this world know the kingdoms of our Lord and Jesus Christ, amen? This is what we should be about, amen? And so here we are right away in the Christmas story already dealing with some governmental issues. And Mary and Joseph are affected by it because Caesar Augustus issues a decree and it says, this census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. More government talk. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Here is a man and a government attempting to legislate and manage the world for their benefit attempting to make themselves great and oppress others for their own glory. And this, this legislation that's passed affects everyone. It affects Mary and Joseph because they are going to have to return to their ancestral city. They're going to have to leave Nazareth where they had grown up, as we saw last week. And they're going to have to travel to Bethlehem. And it's going to be a difficult journey. It's going to take a long time. But this is not something that caught God off guard. You see, the scriptures had foretold that this baby, the Messiah, would be born in Bethlehem. And the scripture had foretold it. And here is a governing agency thinking they are acting on their own apart from God. And God says, no, I'm the ruler of all things. I move even in king's hearts. And he's going to use even a decree to move Mary and Joseph right into the prophetic place they were supposed to be in Bethlehem. There are no kingdoms of this world who have power over the kingdoms of our God. Amen. He is greater. He is more powerful. Verse 4, it says, Now Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. So they all have to go back to their ancestral homes. And so this means David is going to have to go back to Bethlehem. And verse 5 says, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths 
and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now here is a young teenage girl who has hopes and dreams for her life. She's met a young man and they have hopes and dreams together. But God intervenes and sends an angel to meet her and to give her the news that she has been chosen by God to be the mother of the Messiah, to give birth to Jesus. And it would be by the Holy Spirit and not by a relationship with another man. Now this turns her world upside down, obviously. And she goes through a time in which she has to process all of this. The Bible tells us that she went to stay with Elizabeth. And there they talked together because Elizabeth was also pregnant. And in the time they spent together, Mary processed, took in what the angel had said, took in what God was doing, and came to the place of, okay, God, I am your servant. You are going to do a great thing through this promise that you have made. Let it be to me according to your word is Mary's response. It's a process. But then comes this government edict, this government plan that's going to make them have to leave Nazareth and go to Bethlehem, which is some 70 miles away. She can't call an Uber. They don't have a nice car. There's no bus. There's no plane. This means travel on foot. She's pregnant. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to burst the bubble of a lot of the story as we kind of know it. Because I know typically we think of the story as, as Mary is nine months pregnant and she's making this 70-mile journey and she shows up and there's no room for them in the local hotel. Sadly, that's really not how the story goes. The story goes that this edict is given and they begin to make their way to Bethlehem. And the Bible will say that while they were there, it came time for her to be delivered. They had already been there. She's not showing up nine months and looking for something desperate on the night of. Okay? She travels. It's still difficult. 70 miles. They're probably not traveling alone either. As much as the story we've seen they're probably traveling with the family group because they're all going to Bethlehem back to their ancestral home. They most likely are traveling in a group. And as much as we have heard that they travel and they're looking at all the local holiday inns, Best Westerns, all of that, and they just can't find a place. The children this morning upstairs are learning this, this lesson. That most likely there was a home that Mary and Joseph were going to stay in and then a family home. And the family home most likely was a two-story home. They were in that time, in that day. And on the second floor is where the guests stayed, those who had traveled in from town. On the bottom floor was where meals were cooked and when there were cold nights, it's where the animals were brought in and they were kept in a stable area downstairs. So when they arrive at this home, there's no place for them to stay in the in, I know that's what the New Testament word we've seen is, but it actually is the word for a dwelling place. So in this home, the beds were full, and Mary and Joseph have to stay downstairs with the animals. And it is here 
that she will deliver. But in all of this, you have to have known Mary must have been thinking, this is not what I thought this was all going to be like. I mean, if an angel of the Lord comes to tell me I'm going to be the mother of God's son, then surely this is going to mean an upgrade in our hotel stay somewhere. Surely this is going to mean a bump up in the style of room. Surely we're going to get to be in some kind of palace or some place of wealth, something recognized, something nice, something perhaps luxurious. I don't know, but this can't be what it is. God, you've You brought me to a place. This is not what I expected. This isn't really what I thought my life was going to be about. This isn't the way I thought it was going to happen. Even the promise I heard from you, God, this is not exactly how I thought it was going to be. In fact, this is really not the way I had even prayed it would happen. Sometimes we find ourselves in completely unexpected places. Mary and Joseph found themselves in a completely unexpected place. This is not how they had envisioned. This is not what they had dreamed. This is not the way they thought it was going to go. Not that it's terrible, but this just isn't the way I thought it was going to happen. And that happens for you and I. Life begins to play out And it doesn't happen the way we thought it was going to happen. Oh, we know God is with us and we know he's good, but it still didn't play out the way that we thought it would. We weren't able to keep the job. The loss happened. The death occurred. The tragedy came. The report from the doctor was different than we thought. The relationship didn't resolve in the same way we thought it was going to. In fact, there was no resolve. And life just came at us in an unexpected way. And the scripture's honest enough with us to let us know that this is not only Mary's situation, but this is, this is many characters in the Bible men and women who trusted God. Their life didn't play out the way they expected. Joseph in the Old Testament believed a promise from God, a dream from God he put in his heart, but he never expected his brothers to turn on him for him to face the reaction, the rejection, and the temptation and being sold off into slavery. Moses didn't expect things to turn out like they did. Abraham and Sarah certainly never expected to turn out the way that it did. Daniel never expected life to play out the way that it did. Yet it is in these places, in the most unexpected places, that God is good and gracious. Amen? Let's draw some today. Uh, I try to think about Mary and, and, and Joseph and what that moment must have been like. I, I remember the experience of... Uh, having children. Uh, I remember the labor pain of Heather and seeing her go through that time and feeling so helpless as I watched and prayed and encouraged. I also remember times in my life, our life, where 
we watch things play out differently than we thought. Things that happened in a way we never thought they would have. To see the loss of an opportunity, people that you thought you trusted turn against you, tragedy happen, grief overwhelm you. And in those moments you think, God, this is not, this is not how I thought this was going to go. I believed you and I do believe you, but this is, not, this is not how I thought it was going to happen. I thought it was all going to play out differently in my life. I thought it was going to be not near as difficult, not as painful, not as tragic. Yet here I am in a place completely unexpected, a place I hadn't planned for. And in all this, it's unexpected loss and there's grief and there's sorrow. Plans that were not what I had and even fear in the midst of all of that. Yet here in the most unexpected place, for Mary and Joseph, God is about to do an unexpected work. The scripture goes on and it says in verse eight, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Now if you didn't know the story, you'd think, wait, did we just change channels here? Is this a different story? Is this a different sitcom? What's happening here? We just changed channels. Yeah, because God is While he's at work in your life, he is also at work in the lives of others. And just as intimately and powerfully and graciously as he's at work in your life, he is just as intimately, graciously and powerfully at work in someone else's life. He's God. He can do that. He can hear every one of our prayers at the exact same time, process through them and know how to answer and respond to every one of us, even in this moment. And not just us, but any person alive today who is praying. Amen? He knows this is how good a God he is. And so here he is working in Mary and Joseph's life, but he's also working in some shepherds' lives. And it says in verse nine, and behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were greatly afraid. Heaven is now opening and appearing to some shepherds. They don't know Mary and Joseph. Mary and Joseph don't know them complete strangers to one another, but God is at work in their lives. Verse 10, then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. Heaven had a message for these shepherds. They weren't expecting it. It was unexpected to them. They didn't show up that night with something on their counter that said, hey, tonight something great's going to happen. Let's watch the stars. They didn't know. It was completely unexpected to them, but completely planned by God. And what we might think is unexpected in our life or someone else's is only just revealing God's sovereign plan. 
Amen? And suddenly, verse 13, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Peace has come, the angels said. To man who does not deserve it, to man who has thumbed his nose at God, to man who has walked in his own self-righteousness and his arrogance, God has sent his son to be a savior, redeemer, and rescuer. He has shown favor. He has shown grace. Now, the fact that these seemingly two unrelated stories are happening simultaneously by a creator God tells us this, that God prepares unexpected people with an unexpected word for our unexpected place in our life. It's important to know because I know sometimes when we get into a situation like this, we're just zoned in on, okay, God, what are you saying to me? You might be thinking, okay, God, what are you saying to this person? <laughs> but we really should be focused here. But we should be aware that at the same time God is working in my life, he's working in Heather's life, in Caleb's life. He's working in Matt's life. He's working in Tim Miller's life. He's working all across this room by the same power, the same wisdom, and the same grace. And sometimes God is preparing someone else with an experience with him and a truth from him that is meant to be shared with me. Amen? And vice versa. God prepares unexpected people in our life sometimes with an unexpected word for our unexpected place. These shepherds were getting a word from heaven that was meant to be taken to some people they didn't know, Mary and Joseph, in the spot that was a completely unexpected place for them. Now, God will do this. He will send people into our lives that are meant to communicate his truth to us. Listen to me. This is why it is so important that you surround yourself with people who are godly. Because you will become like the people that you hang around. And that's why it's important that you have friends who can speak truth to you and show grace to you. If all you're getting is bad info all week long, you will make bad info decisions. But if you've got people in your life who are encouraging you, who are speaking truth to you, who themselves are becoming more like Jesus, who bow their knee to Jesus, who seek God's word, man, those are the people you want to rush to. Those are the people you want to say, hey, let's be friends. I need some of that input in my life. This is why God has created the church, so that we might have a word with one another from his word to our lives. Amen? I need that. You need that. Now, the Bible goes on and it says, so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, in other words, we've had this moment. We had a powerful worship experience here. Now, here's what we must do. Let us now go to Bethlehem 
and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. Let's do what he said. Let's go where he said go. Let's go see what he said is there. And they came with haste and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. It was just exactly like the angel had said. But what a curious thing. Here is a mother who just had a baby and she's put him in a feed trough. What is happening here? What? And yet this was the confirmation. Some unexpected people were given an unexpected word for an unexpected couple in an unexpected place. And this is how good and wise God is. Verse 17 says that now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. In other words, when they saw that baby, they started talking and they started telling the story. And they said, you never believe what happened. We were just outside. We were just watching over our flocks by night. And all of a sudden, this gloriously powerful, majestic, frightening angel appeared. And we were shocked. We were terrified. They told the whole story to Mary and Joseph. Now, this was all by God's design. They told the story. And it says... Well, before we go on, I want to I want to drill down on a point here. Because in our unexpected moments, God will give you the exact word that you need for your unexpected place. This is how good God is. Here was Mary and Joseph. I'm sure Mary was I mean, again, I remember the experience of children being born in our in our family. I can't imagine just within hours travelers showing up at our door <laughs> saying, hey, can we come in? I'd be like, sorry, dudes. I, I don't know what you got, but no. But here God has sent messengers. God has spoken to these shepherds in a powerful, dramatic way and sends them to Mary and Joseph in this moment so that they would hear confirmation this is the Christ child this is the holy one this is the move of God this is exactly what the angel had promised this is this moment because Mary might have thought, what is happening here? This is not how I thought this was going to go. And God sends the exact word that Mary needed in that moment to speak truth to her. And God is gracious to do that for you and me. To send to us the exact word that we need in our unexpected moment. I can't tell you how many times on a Sunday morning even... People will come to me after a message and say, you must have been reading my emails. You must have talked to my spouse this week. You must have talked to my boss, whatever. And they say, that was exactly what I needed for my situation. 
Look, that is no glory to me. That is glory to God because he is the one who is the spirit who knows all things in our lives. And his word is alive and he can speak into every situation in our lives. That's not me. That's him. That's his word and that's his spirit. And he knows how to get the exact word to you that you need. It's happening right now in this room. If you're listening, if you'll receive it, can you imagine if Joseph had said, sorry boys, y'all are way too smelly. Get on out of here. We just had a baby. Ain't nobody got time for all that that you got. Just get on out. But we have a word from the Lord. Uh, sorry boys, get on out of here. Sometimes in our unexpected places, it can be the time that we think, I really don't want anyone to know what's going on right now. I really don't want anyone to know where we're hurting, what we're going through. I really don't want anyone to see. But your unexpected place is the perfect place for an unexpected word to show up and to do in you the healing that that word was meant to give, to give hope that that word was meant to give so that from your unexpected place can come some unexpected worship. Amen? I know you know here at Vertical that we don't shy away from the awkward and the uncomfortable because those are the spots, I'm convinced from what I read in the scripture, those are the spots that God loved to speak into. He's not, he hasn't come to just play soft religious games with us. He's come to speak into the places that have hurt, have been difficult, have been the ones we wanted to hide. And he comes to speak into that area, the place of your greatest shame, the place of your greatest fears, the place of your greatest hurts. He has come to speak into that area. And so when Joseph allowed those men in and they came speaking words of hope into that moment, was, what was happening was the very thing that God does when he speaks into our unexpected places. His presence shows up. Hope shows up. Life shows up. We all of a sudden can know redemption in that spot. We can know purpose in that place. Joy can come out of that place because this is what he does. He speaks a word of truth into our word of pain, our place of pain, to give new life. Now here's what the scripture says next, verse 18. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary, she kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Here in the moment, just hours after giving birth, this message comes, this confirmation, this truth, this light, this joy. And Mary's just taking all of this in as people are listening and telling the story and there's wonder and awe and 
Mary, it says, she pondered all these things into this unexpected place came the glory of God. The reminder that she needed that this Jesus was here in their midst. And she took it all in. This word for pondered means to just replay, rethink, soak it in. And worship is coming up out of Mary in this moment so rich, so powerful that it will stay with her for the days ahead. You think, how in the world can worship be happening in the midst of a stable? How can worship be happening staring into a manger? How can worship happen with the smell of animals all around? How can worship happen when there's people and strangers you don't even know? Worship will come out of the most unexpected places when you allow God to speak and work in your heart. Amen? And this is what happens for Mary. It says, Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told them. When you allow an unexpected word into your unexpected place, unexpected worship will come from you. All of a sudden, in that moment, you will have a joy. You will have a sense of freedom. You will have a sense of, God, you've met me here. God, you have spoken to me. God, you are with me right here in this moment. And there'll be this clear awareness that Jesus is right here in the midst of my life. Jesus is right here being born in me. Jesus is at work, even in the places of my life that I would have not wanted anyone to know about, see my unexpected place. God, you have been so good. Jesus is here in the midst of it. And out of this place comes deep, deep worship. It's really what sets a family and a church on fire is when there's such gut level honesty, vulnerability. When we get done with the show, we get done with the pretense, and we get done with worrying about what someone might think, and we let God heal the deepest parts of our life, and out of that place then erupts worship, and the greatest stories come out of the places of greatest pain because of that unexpected word. Amen? Now, the story finishes at this point for us today. But it continues in all of our lives. Because Jesus is not finished with you. Jesus has more to show you. Jesus has more he wants to heal in you. You know, we went through this season here recently at Vertical where we went through our um, Break Free series, Set Free series, and God was just moving. That is still happening behind the scenes in case you don't know. You get to hear stories from people. I get to hear stories from people who are saying, you won't believe what God is still doing in my life. You won't believe how God is still speaking in my life. 
And I love the fact that here at Vertical, we're not ashamed of Jesus entering into our unexpected places, stable, and to be born in the places in us that others might dismiss and deny. So my prayer today is, do you hear him speaking to you into your unexpected place today? Does he have something fresh he's saying to you? And will you believe what he's saying so that worship can come out from you? Amen? Let's pray together. Father, I thank you that you have not left us. You have not turned away from us. You speak your word from heaven that is still, still resurrecting the dead, that is still bringing life where there's been pain, that is still restoring what the years the enemy has stolen, that is still giving a garment of praise for a garment of heaviness, that is still bringing beauty from ashes, that is still speaking love where there's been rejection, that is still giving grace where there's been great sin. And out of all of that, God, you're raising up an army of people who are unashamed to tell the story, who are unashamed to proclaim your glory, who are unashamed to worship you. And I thank you for all of that because this is what you desire, a people who will hear, respond, receive, and worship you even out of the places that we might have thought worship could never come. So I thank you for your grace that meets us there. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to close today with a baptism. And uh, God is still resurrecting and making new. Amen? Let me invite the ID family. Y'all come on up this morning. Yeah, give them a hand. They're going to come up here and join me. Yeah, don't jump in yet, sir. Come on around this way. This dude's ready. Man, this is Parker Idy. Hold on, hold on. Let's stay here. Let's talk for just a moment. This dude, uh, he's ready for this. We've talked with their family. Micah, our children's director, and I met with them. And uh, this young man has put his faith in Jesus Christ. And he's ready to make that public here this morning. So, uh, Lauren, talk to us for just a moment about um, Parker and this decision he's making today. Good morning, everybody. Our family recently joined Vertical Church and we feel so blessed to be a part of this vibrant community. We are thrilled our youngest son, Parker, is taking this outward step of faith in getting baptized today. We have his grandparents in from Cleveland, Ohio, and we also have our friends, the Christiones and the Jeter families in visiting today too. We also have uh, our Nana, who's actually watching online from Cleveland, so it's also her birthday, so happy birthday. Happy birthday, yeah. (laughs) So we moved to Dallas during the spring of 2020. Um, and as we all know, it was an interesting time uh, during a global pandemic to move somewhere and not know anybody. So yeah. that was interesting. Um, but our first family of friends we made were the Christiani family and we couldn't be more grateful for them. Shortly after moving in, Parker and I were taking a ride on Ovilla Road at the time when Corey Asbury's Reckless Love song came on. And I looked in my rear view mirror at Parker and I smiled and I said, you know, Parker, This is how our Jesus loves us. His love is overwhelming and never ending. He is our shepherd and will always chase us down, even if it means leaving the 99. At that moment, I asked Parker what that meant to him to know that our God loves us like that. He said, mom, 
I love Jesus too. And I want him in my heart. And so we prayed together that day, asking for Jesus to come into his heart and be Lord and Savior of his life. It was such a tender moment, and my soul rejoiced that my little boy had personally given his life to our Lord that day. It reminded me of one of our favorite family scriptures that we have on a wall in the hallway. Judges 6.12 reads, When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. No matter what obstacles and challenges life may bring, we tell our three sons that they are to go out, to always do their best, to love one another, and always carry that armor of Christ with them each and every day. I thank all of you for being a part of our treasured moment with us. Amen, amen, amen. Parker, let's do this. Yeah, hop on in. Parker and, and I talk with Miss Michaels. Turn around and face this way. Yeah, we talk together. Let's go this way and have a seat all the way down. There you go. And he has put his faith in Jesus Christ. We talked about that and his desire to follow him and how exciting for a family to be raising three young men to be warriors for Christ who will stand and believe the truth and hold to that truth and, and recognize Jesus as Lord. And for him to do now, for God to do even the things you might not even expect in your life, unexpected things that are greater than we could hope, think, or imagine. So Parker, I'm excited to baptize you as a follower of Jesus Christ. You are now buried with him in baptism and raised to walk in newness of life. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Thank you.